for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Well, we are ex- really, truly excited about starting this new series on discipleship. This series, church, is incredibly important for each one of us. The call of Jesus will both challenge and inspire you to follow and learn to live life like him. Isn't that surely our innermost desire to be like Jesus, to be like him? The first Christians were called followers of the way because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And people could see, looking at his life, I want to emulate that. And then the people who followed him could see that they were following, they were like him, called Christians. If you're a Christian, it means because you are a follower of Jesus. And when people see something of your life, they'll say, ah, I see something of Christ in that person's life. So if you really engage and apply this to your life, this series... It will put an excellent and yet simple discipleship model into your hands that can be multipliable. You see, who's ever been in a prayer meeting? Stick your hand up and, and, and if you've been praying for revival to come. Can you just sit your hand up? Right. And it's beginning to happen. We're he- hearing from town, in towns and cities across the UK now, there are hot spots where hundreds of people are coming to Christ in one day. Right, the first Pentecost, when, Simon Peter, when Peter stood up to preach, 3,000 people responded to the, church in one, uh, to the gospel in one day. It will happen in Ashford. It will. But as I say to my wife when she wants to do decorating, darling, preparation is everything. She just thinks you get the paint out and paint it. And, then, and I say 90% of, of it is preparation, isn't it, David? It's true. It's preparation. And I believe what is happening in our nation at the moment, God is emphasizing the need for discipleship like never before because preparation is everything. Because if 500 people became Christians in this town, it would need at least 500 people to disciple. If that's the right way to if you're thinking like that, yeah? So we have to be prepared and positioned for what God is going to do. Because you see that in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Before God did something, he often got his servants to prepare, whether it's um, pots for oil under Elisha, um, Jesus at the wedding feast, the, pot, um, the big um, pots of water, there's bread and all. It's always, God's a strategic God. He's not flippant. And I believe by the Holy Spirit, he's positioning not just our church, but many churches to focus on discipleship in a preparedness for what's going to come. That people, it's one thing to be born again, it's another thing to be discipled. And so you've got an opportunity here to position yourself individually to say, God, I want to be ready to disciple other people. So we really do want to equip you. Uh, Richard and I, myself's heart is that we, it's a burden that we serve you well in equipping you. And if you've not bothered or not been able to get a booklet yet, 
please do get one. Um, it's for you. It's for you personally. Don't think, well, if I, we can save money by, um, if we get one between two, if you're married. It's for you personally. You've, you've, you've personally got to take your own responsibility for your own personal life because you can mark it, read it, um, memorise it. Um, it's just so helpful. It's a great booklet. Somebody said, wow, this is so simple but so good. If you can't afford to buy a booklet, well, we've authorised a lessee. Lessee, give it to anybody who can't afford it. Okay. We're not means testing. We trust you. But I think there's a value. If you can't afford it, okay, £2.50. That's all it costs. We're not making a profit on this. It's how much it costs to prepare it. Because we want you to have a personal ownership. That's why. Now, we've only, we've only um, sold 80 so far. There's more than 80 people here. There's 200 people here. And why I'm emphasising this, because it's important. Because God is looking, I do believe this, to see how passionate we are. So please make a a personal copy of yours. Jesus' last words, before he went back to the Father, he turned to the disciples, those who had been with him for three years and a bit, and he said, now, you go and make disciples of all nations. Go on. You go. I'm going back to the Father. I'll pray for you, but you're going. It was a commissioning. And he has not rescinded that command. It still applies to you and me to go. For each one of us, in whatever sphere of work or whatever sphere of life we do, to go and make disciples. And I know we as an eldership apologise to you for not having served you as well as we could have done in this vital and most important role. There are many things that we... We preach which are important, but this is of primary importance. And today we apologise to you that it's not, we've not done this sooner. But this is really important, really, really important for each of you. You need to know that. Our hearts are really passionate that we equip you to disciple. Francis Chan said this, If you really want to experience God... Go and make disciples. Wow. Go and make disciples. The word disciple is not a common word now, is it? We don't use it apart from really Christianity. But it's so important. The, Greek, the Greeks use the, word, the, the term disciple, to re, they refer to it as, as a learner. Or better still, if you press down on the interpretation, uh, the translation, an adherent. You stick to it. <laughs> We're sticking to be like Jesus. We're a disciple. We're adherence to Je- of who he is. So he can multiply his life in us corporately and, um, and individually. People in Jesus' time would have understood that discipleship, because there was lots of um, rabbis and that they would be his disciples, different rabbis around. But people in Jesus' time would have understood that discipleship meant much more than a transfer of information. Rather, it referred to imitating the teacher's life. You got that? 
So it's not just when we are being a disciple of Jesus, I must remember his words, which are really important, but actually how he did life. And how we do life is a huge discipling issue if we're going to follow Jesus well and closely, become his disciples. So in learning to live like Jesus, it includes finding out about him. That's why we, you, know, you want to keep reading the Gospels, obviously. Emulating him, hanging on every word. That's what the disciples did. There were followers, but then there were the disciples. The followers were the crowd, but the disciples stuck with him. That's a challenge. There's going to be some challenges in this course. And I'm challenging you today to stick close to Jesus if you are a follower of him. When I first got into proper bike racing, cycle racing, I was captivated by the sport. I, I, I poured over Cycling Weekly that came out every Thursday. I took it to bed with me. I took it to... It was, it was, it, that, it was my Bible, almost, you know. I was so keen on it. And... And Eddie Merckx, he was called the cannibal because he entered every race to win it, not like nowadays where they're so measured. But he, he would eat, he, he devoured his opposition, the cannibal, Eddie Merckx. And he was my hero. I became his disciple. I, I studied how he held the handlebars. If I hold bars like Eddie, I might win more. I might be more successful. And, and how he pedaled as I watched the films on the television. And how he climbed a hill. How he they called it dancing on the pedals. And if I dance like Eddie, I'll be more successful. And I had a measure of, su- of success at, at a higher level. Um, and how he descended down the hill. Where would Eddie put his backside on the sea? Uh, I bike like Eddie. There's a song in that somewhere. Um, and he, he, he gripped my attention. Then I actually met him at the World Cycling Championships. And uh, I, I, not that I raced in it, but I was a steward. Okay? But I was there. And I hung on every word he said. Even how he spoke. Because I've met Eddie. I've met Eddie Merckx. We've met Christ. We're hanging his every word. It, it's up to you. It really is. How much you apply yourself to this course. And that's our invitation to you from Jesus. My prayer this morning when I was preparing, I want you, Jesus, to speak through me to the call of your heart to people's hearts. Can you hear that? I really do sense I want Jesus to speak today to you, as if it was Jesus speaking, coming again with a fresh challenge. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that Jesus can't come again with a fresh challenge to a closer walk with him. It's an opportunity, a new day. Behold, I do a new thing. It's up to you how much you apply yourself. And your hunger will release God's help. Your hunger for more of Jesus and to be a closer disciple, release more of God's help. It says in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, this verse isn't in this book, but you see, if you had your book, you could have written it in. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says of God, the Lord's eyes scan the whole world to find those whose hearts are committed to him and to strengthen them. Now, it's an incredible promise. You see, this is not a self-help program. Okay? 
there's a promise of divine impartation of strength to those who follow Jesus in, in personal discipleship. If you've got a heart to follow Jesus, and you say no to that, but yes to Jesus, God's eyes, we are told in Scripture, they look upon you, and he will strengthen you in that quest to be more like Jesus. That's beautiful, isn't it? So if you want God's attention, if you want God's help, be really serious in this. In John chapter 6, verse 65, we, f- we find that Jesus has just gone through a, a discourse of saying some really challenging stuff to those who were following him. And he then gets the disciples to his, to his side. And in verse 65, it says, and Jesus went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. So there was something big going on here with him and the disciples. From the, it's in verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Wow. So these people have been walking with Jesus, but then he says some hard stuff, some confrontational stuff to them, and they thought, I can't have that, and they turned, turned back and no longer followed Jesus. That's, that's harsh. Did Jesus chase after them and dilute it down a bit? Oh, I'm sorry, um, come back, please, because um, I really want you to be with us. Um, no, you just compromise on that, but as long as your heart's there... He didn't, he let them go. He let them go. Then Jesus, <laughs> this, is, this is your Jesus, he turned to them and he said, um, do you want to leave me too? Do you, want to leave, do you want to leave me too? Do you want to leave me too? Man, that's confrontation, isn't it? I think that's fairly confrontational. And Simon Peter answered, he was always the first to answer, wasn't he? He, he opened his mouth to change feet. <laughs> he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? He actually worked that one out. For you have the words of eternal life. There's many people speaking words out there, but you've got eternal words coming out of your lips. We counters in counters in but then we see in, in, in the gospels that later on Simon Peter got distance from Jesus and he followed at a distance you remember that fateful night before the, before the crucifixion um, Jesus it didn't go according to Peter's plan for, for Jesus' life and Peter followed at a distance in the, in the dark and it wasn't long before he was warming his face his face and his hands at a and, uh, and there was somebody else by the fire, and he said, aren't you one of the disciples of Jesus? He said, no, I'm not. No, I don't even know the man. Because he had become disconnected. And he was in a, became in a dark place, and compromise came into his life. You stick close to him. Do stick close to Jesus. Because you're, you can have a, a life of destiny. Because some people didn't have a life of destiny because they turned back and stopped following Jesus. They stopped being a disciple, a learner, an adherent to Jesus' life and words. 
there is some helpful terminology that we'll be using in this book. And we really do thank um, King's, King's Arms at Bedford for letting us reproduce this. Uh, a great church there and what they're doing. They're miles down the road. But that's okay. We're following Jesus. But it will help you to set the discipleship culture in your mind. Now, one of the, um, one of the little sayings um, we have is um, th- 3D discipleship. Okay, it's three-dimensional discipleship in learning to live life like Jesus. Um, it's simply this. Up, in, and out. I won't get you to do the actions because you're all grown up, but I'll do it for you to make you feel comfortable. We don't want to disturb you, right? Up, in, and out. So that's what you're going to be learning about an, over, an overview today. First of all, up. Jesus had an up relationship with the Father. He learned to connect with the Father on a daily basis. And it was revolutionary because people didn't see God as a Father. I think I'm right in saying in Islam that there is no word for God as Father. But Jesus said, when you pray, pray to God as your father. There's a father-son, father-daughter relationship that he wants with you. And that was first and foremost the most vital thing that, that all this hangs on this. It's how we connect to the father, to exalt him, to enjoy him. So that's, when Jesus, that's why Jesus said, when you pray, say, our father in heaven. Think about God's fatherly goodness. He's a good God. Feed your spirit with his goodness all the time. God is good all the time. Even though there are challenges, I know I've learned that God is faithful. I know I can always celebrate God's faithfulness no matter what's happening in life. And if we don't connect with Father in this up relationship, we end up blowing up because we're cutting off that vital source. If we don't keep an upward focus will blow up because we're not sustaining that spiritual replenishment and power that it's found only being staying connected to Father. Listen to Jesus' own words on how he positioned himself in total dependence on the Father. Here we go. Jesus said, By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, because he's hearing the Father, and my judgment is just for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. So Jesus had positioned, he intentionally positioned himself to have that father-centered relationship daily. Because many of you in your professional business will have to make professional judgments day in, day out. So if you're listening to the father, you'll be able to judge right. And the journey starts for you today. A change of mind is required. The Bible calls it repentance, the Greek word metanoia, to change your mind. And a good example of this, of a change of mind, when the call of God, the call of Jesus came to the first disciples, was when they were walking along, when Jesus was walking along the um, the Sea of Galilee, Matthew 4, 18, and he, I'll read it out to you. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. 
Come, follow me. No small talk, notice that. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people at once. Total obedience. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee and preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father. Wow! The family business, because it was a call of God for them to follow. Jesus Jesus had gripped them with his call upon their life to follow him. There was something supernatural going on. It wasn't just, wow, he's a charismatic guy. He dressed really cool. He's got skinny jeans on. Not saying that. There was something of God speaking to them through the mouth of Christ because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So today, this is God speaking through the words of Jesus, to you, to follow him. And you never know where that might lead. It might mean you're changing countries. It doesn't know you've got... The important thing is we've got to be those that hear God. They were arrested by the call of Jesus on their lives. And they had to quickly rethink about their values of their own world, priorities and relationships. And they followed him. They dropped everything that was preoccupying them to follow Christ. They were leaving their cultural norms to follow this man. Repentance is not rooted out of a duty, of a, out of duty, but out of desire to be with a person. That's what it's about. I want to be with Jesus. There's a parable of the pearl of great price. If those of you know, know this, a little short parable, Matthew 13, 45. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a merchant, Jesus said, in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. All that he had. Jesus is that pearl of great price. What's the one thing you need to give up to make that pearl yours what is it I had to let go of a a cracking girlfriend (laughs) she's not the one for you because Jesus had just arrested me he used to walk by my window I looked out from the window and I saw her walking down from school you know and playing Paul Simon's songs that are very melodramatic and all that but fundamentally I knew I had to let go of that to get Jesus. And I'm so glad I did. Because I wouldn't have got my wife otherwise. It's worth the cost. You see, discipleship is not primarily about information, but it's about a growing intimacy. It is really about a growing intimacy with, with God so, secondly, so we've looked at looking up. I challenge you, and, and, and uh, please um, learn how to do this. I make no apologies for that word, learn. Learn how to look up. Secondly, it's looking in. Because God wants to develop our character to be like Jesus. 
And we do that in community. Okay, Jesus called 12 to be with him. <laughs> That's wonderful, isn't it? He called, just come on, guys. Let's hang out together and I'll show you how to disciple. Let's enjoy this. There's a process. You, it's very difficult to be a disciple on your own, isn't it? Like Simon, Simon Stylites, who spent most, he thought he could be a better disciple by um, positioning himself on a 30-foot high stone column. And he could be more godly like that. And for years, he, you know, he just lived on top of this thin column. If you want to do that, fine. But you'll grow long fingernails, a beard, and you'll smell. That's not becoming more holy. It's when we're living in community and we, iron sharpens iron and we have to be flexible with one another. That's how we become more like Jesus. And if not, we'll just bust up or blow up. King David, that man after David's heart, he prayed once, give me an undivided heart that I might not sin against you. And when was the last time, I want to challenge you, I'll challenge my when was the last time you were challenged or cut to the heart by something that God said, either in reading the scriptures or through a preach, you're thinking, oh my word, that was for me. I've seen people's hearts, people's hearts cut to the heart, cut, bang, right in, in this, in this church over the years when there's, when God has spoken through the preaching. I'm going to drop that relationship in order to embrace God. Because God can do that by spirit. When the first, um, the, the first preach of the early church, Peter stood up at, at um, Jerusalem and he preached, filled with the spirit. And it, it's recorded, they were cut, the, the, the hearers were cut to the heart. When was the last time you had heart surgery because God was speaking to you and you faced up to the fact that God was speaking to you? It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing when God gets hold of you and he does some heart surgery on you. But we can protect our hearts from being got at by God. We put barriers up there. The actual amount of time needed in, in surgical, um, in surgery for actual heart surgery, it varies by the particular procedure and the patient. As a guide, the National Heart, Lung and Blood Institute say that a coronary artery bypass takes between three and six hours. It's not a quick thing then, when God does heart surgery on you. It may be today, it's not a quick thing to go and have a coffee afterwards, but you may need to stay, and say, stay around saying, God, you're touching my heart or something. I want, to get, I, I want you to, have to give me some heart surgery. Would you be willing for the long-term spiritual health to go under the knife of the great physician with Jesus in order that you may have health? Is there a... You know, there can be cynical attitudes even in church that surfaces through a general negativity that you don't let God touch you at the heart. Jesus wasn't a cynical guy. He wasn't negative. Jesus came to take over total management of our hearts. He doesn't come to tinker around with them, guys, but to change our character that we will often only be best achieved in community. Well, I don't want to go along to... I'm not committed to a a, a midweek group because for whatever reason. 
We have our excuses. We've got two new groups starting this week. Great stuff. Well done, you two, for starting a new group. Pete and Debbie. And, uh, another group, Steve and Barbara, starting up. There's opportunities for you to get involved, to learn how to listen to others, to learn how to be in team together, to learn how to serve, learn how to hear God speak through others to you, how to care. That's discipleship. Jesus had 12. He had, he had a small group. His small group went with him. <laughs> Paul describes what life was like before um, we had a spiritual heart operation. Um, in Ephesians 4.20, it says, This, however, is to referring to the former way of life. This is not the way of, your, of the life you learnt when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with all the truth that is in Jesus. Can you see how central Jesus' teaching life is to this new life? You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted with deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's, that's the in being internally transformed by the renewal of our minds. That's the potential that you have. You have incredible potential, absolutely incredible potential to be like Jesus. And you're as close as Jesus as you want to be. Jesus said, love your enemies. And he modelled it too. Do you remember in the God of Gethsemane? Um, he was, the betrayer came, Judas, and Simon Peter thought he was an Olympic swordsman and he, he got his sword out and he's waving it around and whoops, he missed and he slopped, he cut off the high priest's ear, the servant's ear, and whoops, and Jesus healed it and it grew again. And uh, what was going on here? You see, G- Simon Peter spent three years with Jesus and he was still learning. Jesus then exercised to Peter how Christians should exercise power. His enemies came to betray him and Peter draws a sword and cuts off the ear. Jesus said, Simon, put away your sword. Right now, Jesus said, I could call down more than 12 legions of angels to help. That's 72,000 warrior angels could have come at that moment to have helped Jesus. Let me show you, Peter, another way. I'm choosing power under authority, not power over others. You know, when we're afraid, we really see what we're trusting. In our fears, we either reach for the sword or reach for the cross. Power over or power under the cross. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to learn to carry the cross there'll be a cross just fits your shoulder so when you come into those confrontational moments you learn the way of the cross not the way of the world we have the mind of Christ yesterday at the Riverside Centre we were clearing it out Um, have you got this um, this one I saw something that I thought was amazing. <laughs> that guy is a leader. 
at Stuart Fitch, and he, was, he opted to clear out all the drains. And he went from one drain to another. And at one point, his arm, we smelt him before we saw him. <laughs> I said, what? Where, are you here, Stuart? He out, he's out. Oh, good. good. He's, he's not here. That's great. I can embarrass him. Now, great. He's serving. He's serving in, he, is, he was determined to do a good job. And I thought, Stuart, Jesus, you're modelling something like Jesus. Because Jesus would have done that. When nobody else would wash the feet, Jesus stooped down and washed the feet. There's a famous painting in in a national art gallery. Um, And people couldn't work out... They thought this guy's got all his perspectives wrong because it just all looks out of perspective. And then one, one guy who was looking at, he just thought, hold on, I'm going to kneel down and I'm going to look up at the picture. And then he realised, I've got it, because it makes perfect, it was perfect perspective because it's painted as if you're, you've got to look up at it. And it was, it was a painting originally put behind the altar. And you had to look up at it. But if you have it on the same level, it all looks wrong. You see, Stuart's got a great perspective on life because Jesus is a servant. Yeah? I don't know what you were doing Sunday, um, yesterday morning, Saturday morning, but Stuart cleared out six drains and he smelt. He smelt like Jesus. Yeah? You got it? He's a disciple of Jesus. And thirdly, looking out. This is this calling out. Jesus superbly modelled what a life in fellowship with God was like as he talked and prayed with others he met. I mean, it was so exciting. He, he saw people that the disciples didn't even notice because he was living in communion with the Father and his heart was right, he was settled, he could cross any social boundary that the disciples couldn't cross because he, was, he knew his identity in the Father's love. And he could talk about the Father at any moment. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, if you are not being a witness to Jesus... It might just be, there may be a faint possibility that you're not even baptised in the Spirit. That may be the reason why you're struggling to be a witness on this, on this glorious call to be a disciple. Don't assume that you're filled with the Spirit. If you have been in the past, get filled again. But one of the hallmarks of a spirit-filled person is that they are witnesses, both in their life and their words. There's a, there's a thing that happens with babies. I, I can never pronounce it. Ankylosia, is that right? Anky? When the tongue-tied. What's that? Okay, tongue-tied. Uh, my medical wife will always put me right on this. But when you're tongue-tied, is it a little piece of skin, it, it grows from the end of the tongue to, um, to the bottom of, of your mouth, and you, 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 can't, you can't talk properly. 
And it's only a, a simple operation uh, that you just go and have it snip, don't you? And it's uh, the baby screaming. Um, but then the baby can start talking and develop normally. I think you can be spiritually tongue-tied if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a great hymn, um, Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, My Great Redeemer's Praise, and Loosen Tongues Employ. <laughs> I want to challenge you today. Stop messing around with this. If you have not been baptised in the Spirit, you will really struggle to be a disciple of Jesus without being filled with his Spirit. And the only thing that stops you from being filled with the Spirit as a Christian is you've not got a hunger or a thirst. That's it. It's as simply that. A hunger and a thirst. You really want it. If you knock, the door will be open. Ask and you will find. Seek and it's yours. Be desperate for it. And if you are a true disciple of Jesus, you will want to be on mission with him. Because your disciples keep following. They don't pull back because it's too difficult. And we have been given an incredible new opportunity for this church to now with, in South Ashford, the Riverside Clockhouse area. Because we're, Jesus is already there, I tell you, his spirit's already there at work. It's amazing what the contacts we're having. It's wonderful. But are you with him in this? Are you? Are you really with him in it? It's not about following us. We're just following Jesus. I mean, if you, if you're, that's what it's about. We're, oh, I don't know about, you know, we're, we're just following Jesus. Up, in, and out. Do you just want to come and have a little sweet relationship with God and uh, learn a little bit more every week and go home and uh, have chicken and talk about the talk, how good it was? Or are you on a mission with us? Because we, we, are, we are an apostolic family we've been sent I love do you remember the, is it the three or the four musketeers is it four musketeers yeah three oh I must have been watched Dog Tanyon the cartoon <laughs> one, all for one and one for all they all went because they were all sent and we've been safe for purpose for this over these next weeks and months, you're going to need to hear God for yourselves. Because when come September time, we'll be looking to gather between 25 and 30 people, people who will form the base for that. It's not so much as a multi-site, but it's a missional community, opportunity. But we only want people there who've heard God. I really do. Not because you live near it. It's because have you heard God? I want to be a part of this core group now we will all have a chance to be involved um, I'm going to speak in male terms now but we'll all have a chance to do a tour of duty when we start, first planted at Tenterden, a group would go out and come back, but we can supplement that but if we can get 30 people there on Sundays and that will that's be what you'll, you'll own another 30 people, 25 people going on mission there We've got space in that hall for another 50 people to come to know the Lord. 
and there'll be more space created here. And from September to Christmas, we're going to do another series, more evangelistic and outreach. So both, both sites, we're going. And, come and, and we can say to people, come and see. Come and encounter God. But for that to really happen, we've got to get the up sorted. And we've got to get the in right. And we'll go right. Amen? Amen. So today... I have an opportunity to sign up. Well, I can't do Saturday mornings. I've got something else on Saturday mornings. We understand that. But there's some Thursday evenings you can sign up. We could have it every evening. If we, I'm sh- no, we can't do that, Steve. You need a break from that, don't you? But, but if, you, if you've got a heart to get involved, you'll save the church money. That means you'll save yourself money because it's your church. Because the more we do, the less we'll have to pay out for. But beyond all that, you'll have fun. You'll have fun. A guy turned to me, Pete turned to me yesterday, he was driving the van, he said, Graham, this is great. He said, this is real fellowship, we're men getting together and doing stuff together. Come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Amen. It's going to be a good series. It's going to be a good series. James, over to you, man.